0: Today's reading is from the Gospel of Mark. We're in chapter 7, and we are reading from verse 31. Mark 7, verse 31. And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, He came unto the sea of Galilee, through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis, and they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat, and touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened, and straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plain, and he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it, and were beyond measure astonished, saying, he hath done all things well, he maketh both the deaf to hear, and the dumb to speak. At this point in his journeys, Jesus is once again found healing people of physical and mental conditions. The people here bring along their friend. He's suffering from deafness and muteness. And we see that Jesus escorts him away from the crowds in order to perform the healing. Jesus heals the man and does so in a, a slightly strange way. As I read this passage, the most striking part was not the healing itself, what really hit me was the confession of the people who said, Jesus does all things well. So as we examine this passage together, my aim is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I want to present him to you today as indeed the one who does all things well. It would be easy to skip over this account we've already been shown examples of uh, the christ's healing powers he's even raised a young girl from the dead so you might be tempted to think that's nice he's so kind helping this man let's move on the reason we're stopping and observing the events in this passage today are several remember This isn't just any old historical record. The real value of this account by Mark is to do with its inspiration. Ultimately, it was God who decided that this individual healing should be mentioned. And I'm glad because it gives us an opportunity to learn more about Jesus Christ the account gives us a backdrop which we'll use in our consideration of Jesus as the one who does all things well. Let's not forget too the perspective of the healed man himself. He'd been living in a world of silence. He was unable to express his thoughts through normal speech. This healing would have been the single biggest event of his whole life. And if you can, place yourself for a moment in his shoes, as one so restricted in his life, perhaps then you can also imagine the joy Jesus brought in opening up a whole new world for the man. Today I have purpose to consider how Jesus did well, In opening our ears and our mouths. So firstly then Jesus did well in opening our ears. The most obvious question that comes to our minds first is were we ever deaf? You'll hopefully have realized we're not talking today about a literal deafness as far as I'm aware. Each one of us was born with the ability to hear things. We could hear our parents talk to us. We were able to hear the blackbirds sing each evening. We could listen to music. But, as children of Adam, each one of us was born with an utter inability to hear the gospel properly. It'll be harder for you to appreciate this if you were brought up in a Christian home, but it still applies to you. Have a look now at Jeremiah 6 and verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 10. Says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken, they cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach, they have no delight in it. To be clear, unregenerate men can hear the gospel being preached. They can hear the words. They could likely even define each of the words they heard. But they don't understand the gospel properly. When the gospel is being used to awaken a sinner, it's heard audibly as it is for everyone else. But the Holy Spirit causes it to affect a man's heart as well as his head. He's reached at an emotional as well as an intellectual level. But, but even that doesn't fully explain how the gospel is received by the one God's determined to save. Because it's a thoroughly uh, spiritual work which is why the Holy Spirit is necessary for that task. You don't have to be a christian for long to see there's something seriously messed up in the souls of men as far as their intellect allows you can explain all manner of facts and mysteries to them and witness them understand it they might be people who go to college or university and get involved in that advanced learning yet when you explain the gospel message in the the simplest terms possible, you see confusion. They may understand bits and pieces of your presentation, but it's it's hazy, it doesn't seem to make sense to them. God then describes their ears as uncircumcised, making it impossible for them to hear properly. But God didn't leave mankind in a state of deafness. From time to time, here and there, he heals people of their deafness. Sometimes Jesus in his healing role visits a Christian home and opens the ears of a child there. Sometimes Jesus intercepts a man like me who came from a family that had no believers in it. And when he did this to each of us, we were changed. The Bible started making more sense. We suddenly understood the gospel, albeit not perfectly. We felt that business of Calvary had something to do with us. And this was to be the means God would use to bring us to trust in his dear son, Jesus Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 18 <clears throat> Isaiah 29:18 says and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book we hear the words of that book properly savingly faith remember comes through hearing and what we hear comes from God's book the bible Whether we were saved through reading the scriptures ourselves or hearing the gospel preached by another, the words of life came from God's beautiful book. Let's look at what else he did for us. So secondly, Jesus did well in opening our mouths. in a similar vein we can say there was a time when we were dumb or mute we could always speak sure we learned how to engage in a conversation with our parents as we as we as we grew up we could tell others about our admiration for those singing birds And when we heard music, if we wanted to, we were able to sing along to it. But having been conceived in sin, we came into this world unable to communicate with God. We could talk about him, both positively and negatively, although our opinions were distorted. What's more, we could address God directly. Most people who've lived have at some point prayed to God, or rather, they've spoken believing they were talking to God. The children of this world cannot speak the language of Zion. They can approach the throne of God as they think, but their speech is foreign. Yes, I know. I know. Technically, God understands every word they say, but He refuses to listen. While they continue to come to Him speaking nonsense, they'll not be granted the proper audience with Him. You know, they they barge into His throne room without any warrant from Him, and then have the audacity to complain when their prayers are not heard. Their speech is unacceptable to God. And it's in this sense we say mankind is dumb. The only prayer God takes any interest in is the one that comes from the mouth of a regenerate man or woman. These are people who have realised they're people of unclean lips. They've been saved by the blood of Christ himself And the Holy Spirit has cleansed their unclean mouths and taught them a new language. Not only have we now been given access to the throne of grace, but we now know how to address God. We speak his language. That is, we come acknowledging his greatness. We freely confess our daily transgressions and our praise of him no matter how inadequate it is is pleasant to him Psalm uh, 40 Psalm 40 and verse 3 tells us and he hath put a new song in my mouth praise unto our God We pray directly to him. We sing songs about him. We encourage others in him. We talk of doctrine concerning him. And we we tell others outside about his saving purpose through Jesus Christ. In opening our ears to the gospel and in loosening our tongues so we can praise him and testify of his saving love, Jesus has done all things well. There are in this passage indications of a fulfilled prophecy for those who care to look for them. In particular, this one from uh, Isaiah Isaiah thirty five. This one from Isaiah 35 says, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. Jesus had ventured into Gentile regions, and this Healing was one of many that would show a change that was taking place in the administration of God. Most of the vivid imagery and prophecy we read in the scriptures refers not to eternal paradise, uh, even less uh, a sort of a fake uh, new state of Israel, but... The ushering in of a new age that started with the advent of Jesus. We've seen it referenced in Revelation over and over again. The message of the kingdom was to break out all over the world. No longer to be restricted to a certain race or a certain place. It was to be broadcast to every corner of the globe. Almost now the entire Israel of God was to be comprised of those who were not flesh and blood Israelites. In the fulfillment of that prophecy, the blind have had their sight restored and seen the kingdom of God. The deaf have had their ears opened and heard the voice of God. The lame have been given strength and walked in the ways of God. The dumb have had their tongues loosened and used them to call out to God. And the parched wilderness of this world has been flooded with the living water of God. Jesus truly has done all things well. As the, as the people in, the, in this account uh, make this confession about Jesus, you may find yourself reminded of the creation account. Now, as an agent of the Trinity, the Son of God brought the world into being. The galaxies, the trillions of stars belonging to them, and our very own solar system, all created by Him. <clears throat> and then the Son, the, the the Son of God, then of course uh, created our very special planet Earth, and. There was this constant affirmation in Genesis 1, wasn't there, from God that everything was good. God himself was saying Jesus has done all things well. It's fair to say that this healed man was like a new creation. He felt like a new man and his new God-given abilities would affect everyone around him. This was a most unusual healing. It involved visual elements not recorded anywhere else in the Gospels. Now I've looked for a a deeper meaning that was possibly meant to be conveyed through these actions of Jesus. Like, you know, what does spitting represent? Or how else does Jesus use his hands when healing? And after after asking many such questions, my conclusion was simply that Jesus' actions were Theatrics. The man was deaf, so Jesus visualised for him what he was about to do. He put his fingers in the man's ears to show he was going to open them. He spit on his own finger and touched the man's tongue to show how he was going to, if you like, lubricate the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven to acknowledge the Father as the source of his authority and power. And with a sigh, he commanded the man's faculties be fixed. We should also take from this interesting story something about how God saves people from their sin. The details of this healing were recorded for us and For the generations before us and after us. But the healing itself was for that man in particular. So what it says to us is God heals, God saves in whatever way pleases him. Among other things, Jesus' behaviour was an act of kindness towards the man. He spoke to the man in that man's own language. And the man was deaf, so his language was nothing more than a primitive sign language. And Jesus came to each one of us in a similar way. We are all saved by one Savior. We are all born again by one Spirit. But the way in which we were brought to faith in Jesus is unique to each one of us. Jesus speaks to us in, as it were, our own language. The voice that urged us to come to him reached us in a very specific way. It's an attitude of kindness and a display of sovereignty. It says here in Exodus chapter 4 and the 11th verse, Exodus 4 and 11 says to us, And the Lord, that is Jehovah, said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? God not only sends and removes various disabilities and ailments, but he's also sovereign in his choice of which individuals he will grant spiritual healing to. God's ways are not our ways. He saves whoever he's pleased to and he saves in whatever way he's pleased to. What a blessed savior we have. We've considered how enlightening us he has done all things well and we've seen how in our new relationship with him he does all things well. But there's more. The Bible promises us a future where Jesus will do all things well. We must all taste death. We must all go where Christ went. Except that where he has escaped the corruption, the decomposition of death, we must go back to the dust where we came from but the christian has a hope of resurrection from the dead john 5 and verse 28 <clears throat> john 5 and verses 28 and 29 blesses us with these words marvel not at this for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. They that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The effectual voice that woke you from your spiritual slumber in this life will be heard by all those of Christ's that lie in the grave and on one glorious day we shall all awake and with Job get to see our saviour face to face in the flesh in his creation in his purpose of salvation in his regenerating of his elect in his constant care for them and then in the wondrous provision he's made for them in the future Jesus has done all things well he is doing all things well and will forever do all things well hallelujah what a savior amen